Blackwater, the Wagner Group, Executive Outcomes, the Flying Tigers, the Swiss Guard, the White Company, the Knights Templar, the Varangian Guard, Clerkus of Sparta, Pythagoras the Spartan, Mentor of Rhodes, and Socrates of Achaea. The list is endless. Mercenaries, guns for hire, soldiers of fortune, private military companies, private security contractors, dirty deeds done not so dirt cheap. History is replete with privatized militaries. Call them what you want. They've been around for a very long time and they are very likely not going away anytime soon. So you better get used to it, grow up and accept it or move to another planet. Because in this world, folks, money trumps everything. And like it or not, wars are good for business. And pandemics? As if the only pandemic being hyped is an actual thing. Folks, the only thing hurting anyone is the pandemic of the ignorant, the gullible, and the blindly obedient. History tells us that more people are enslaved and killed by such means of oppression and tyranny than by any other means. Oppression and tyranny, folks, money, profits and propaganda, call it psychological operations or call it psychological conditioning, you are being gaslit. So remove your blinders, all of them, and take a good sensory inventory of what you're being told and shown to believe. Because here we go. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Aconis, The Contractor's Life. Talking from the relatively insulated and bucolic rural foothills of northwestern Washington State. I'm your host, Scott Dresser. Life as a private security contractor in a hostile or a war-torn zone, or as some have called it, a non-permissive environment. Well, it is a mixed bag of blessings, some good and some not so good. All in all, private security contracting is much the same as life. It is what you make it. And the Middle East, lands of enchantment, lands of mystery, lands of the ancient ones. Myths, legends, folklore, maybe. If you believe what you read in the ancient and the holy texts, then you know that it all centers around what we refer to as the MENA region, or the Middle East, North Africa region. Yep, the Mediterranean. So, life is a private security contractor, OCONIS, overseas. You know, a lot of stuff has made its way back to me. Um, second hand, third hand, and um, a lot of the stuff in person was relatively subtle and oblique um, you know the, the other stuff gets a little bit louder when they're on your flank or in behind you know how that goes um, we just say you know all the smack talkers you know the, the all the big tough guys that are on the internet and I, everything that they want to say uh, they'll say everything they have to say until it, it comes time to saying it in your face um, <laughs> anyway so where I'm going with this folks um, I want I, there is no shortage at all 
of the amount of legendary mythical status that has been built up and formed upon and around the private security contractor, uh, the mercenary, the private military contractor, whatever you want to call him or her. Uh, yeah, there are hers. Um, and relatively speaking, a fair number of them. Now, it's still the majority, perhaps vast majority of the private security side are the guys still. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, just... Uh, Everything from, you know, you get it at the range, you, you get it at the mall, you, you get it at the parties, whatever. Just the things people think about private security contractors. And <laughs> it is not my place, as much as I would love to, at those times, to stop and correct them. Because, <laughs> because let's, let's, I mean, let's be honest, it is beyond amusing um, and just you know, for them to go on in their happy life thinking whatever they're thinking, you know, makes my job and my life just a whole lot easier. Uh, but um, now, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I've never egged the situation on and stoked that flame and, and, and you know, made a Johnny Rambo story out of it. Um, I've thought about it. But, uh, you know, uh, in the previous episode, I talked about all the Jason Bournes in this world. Um, and and if you in the industry, you know what I'm talking about. We see them everywhere um there is just something happens the instant somebody puts on any type of security uniform especially if they're armed and everybody here probably knows exactly what i'm saying uh but where i'm going with this is that you know i i've had this conversation again here fairly recently and again it does come up frequently periodically sporadically but it's like every swinging you know what male or female that gets in security almost exclusively is stateside okay and they work for this company they work for that client they this that yeah whatever and they just think they are you know exactly what they think they are and and almost always not always because we all meet you know some genuine folks and usually they're level-headed they're firmly grounded and you get along with them sometimes swimmingly um but the rest of them, oh, my God. Anyway, so where I'm going back with it, get back on track, is that it's like, you know, and, and it's been asked a lot, uh, and so this is where I'm going with it, the levels of instruction and training that we get. Well, okay. So, again, there's a lot of variables that go into it. How long have you been doing it? Uh, what are the companies you've worked for? What are the projects that they've had the contracts for? You know, where are you going? What what's anticipated, what's expected, will determine to to a great extent the level of instruction and training you get. But for the most part, if you do it long enough, and it's not just in Dubai or it's not just Qatar or Qatar, whatever however you pronounce it, Kuwait. Okay, um, once you when you're in, if you're going to be deployed, is the term we like to use, uh, not dissimilar from the military. And because a lot of rank and file from the military took over top leader positions at private security firms, especially earlier on in the wars, the second Gulf War, that is. Okay, the first Gulf War is different. Everybody, or at least you should know that. Um, so the levels of instruction and training, again, so it varied. And, and, you know, I know I'm not the only one. We received a lot. Some would say a shit ton of instruction and training 
during our course of years, both here in the States and while deployed. Sometimes both. Sometimes it was up to us how much and what kind of instruction and training we wanted to do. And sometimes if you had a good enough rapport with the boss in country, you could talk him or her into increasing that to, uh, I mean, just crazy stuff if you wanted. And that's fine. But where I'm going, and because I've talked with so many of you, and, and, and this stuff comes up a lot, it's like, you know, no, we don't think that we're better people than you. We don't think that we're better than you. However, when it comes to the technicals, when it comes to the proficiency, when it comes down to walking the walk and doing the deed, yes, we are better than you. That's just a fact of life. It's just you can't help it. It's just the way it is. So, you know, stop with all your smack talking and, and your puffing of your chest and your resume selling and, and yada, yada, yada. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Okay. I don't do that to you. I don't do it with you. So please, in kind, don't do it to me. If it comes up in conversation or I ask for it, that's different. Okay. It's just like all these Johnny wannabes that think they're special this and Black Ops that and Jason Bourne this and and out doing all kinds of skullduggery that nobody knew about. I mean, they have made living legends out of themselves. Okay, they've got they should be writing Hollywood scripts. Okay, because some of these would make for great movies. (laughs) Right. I'm just saying, you know it. I mean, I don't hear quite as much as I used to. But yeah, so. Levels of instruction and training. What am I talking about? What kinds of instruction and training? Okay, so come on, tough guy. Tell us, what is it? What do you guys... Okay, well, not that I'm going to be able to recollect all of it, and certainly not in fine, granular detail. But, I mean, the, the instruction and training here at home, like I said in previous episodes, a lot of it is on our own dime. Okay, so when I wasn't working, when I wasn't deployed, when I wasn't overseas, I spent a lot of time getting private instruction and training on my own dime, whether it was going through an outside company, um, you know, through this company or that company in this state or that state, um, or guys that I knew and trusted uh, here within my local geographic region. Okay. And when I wasn't doing that, I was doing my own on my property or dry fire practice in my house or in my hotel room, whatever. Okay. There are safe ways of doing these things. Um, without injuring or hurting other people okay so i'm just saying so i mean just it boils down to it all starts with the basics and i've had this discussion and it seems to come up at least once a week man the basics dude you got to master the basics the basics the fundamentals okay and i you know as when we were growing up going through school wrestling football baseball whatever we did but particularly like say wrestling they, the best, I mean, the best wrestlers, I mean, they, they had all these cool guy things that they would occasionally pull out uh, when the other stuff wasn't working. But invariably, they were, they were hammering on the basics and the fundamentals out there on the, on the mat as they were grappling and doing their thing. And, that, and they would hammer in you the fundamentals, the basics. You got to master it. Same thing with firearms. Doesn't matter if it's a pistol or a rifle or a shotgun or a machine gun, or a grenade launcher, whatever it is, you got to practice it. You got to get to know that platform. You got to know it inside and out. And you got to practice, 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 practice. Okay? Ad nauseum. Okay? Ad infinitum. It's just, 
okay, until you get blisters on your fingers. I mean, that's just what you got to do. And when you can't go out and send lead, lead down the range for whatever the reason is, you can still dry fire practice. And believe it or not, you can do it even without a physical firearm or weapon in your hand. No, it's not exactly the same, okay? But you can still do it, okay? If you're focused and you've got that kind of mind, you can see, taste, smell, hear, and feel everything, okay? And you go through all the exact same motions. So what you're doing when you hit the range is you're verifying that everything you did was being done properly, Okay, so levels of instruction and training, I mean, like level one, level two, level three, uh, um, firearms instruction and training for pistols and rifles and shotguns and, and the other stuff. And then the advanced stuff, as if level three wasn't advanced enough, then there's more advanced stuff that you learn beyond that. Okay, um, call it, um, and then you got the other stuff, whether you want to call it the combatives or the close combat skills or, you know, the fighting skills, the whatever. Uh, when you're in that, you know, don't got time or space, to get to your weapon and, you know, wield it and do whatever you got to do. Somebody jumps out of a, uh, of a closet, you're going down the hallway, whatever. Um, so there's, there's all that stuff. And then the, the physical, uh, what we used to call physical education in school or so in the military, you know, physical fitness stuff. I mean, just, it's just constant. Okay. Because the absolute best guys in the privates and gals in the private security sector, Okay, just like the absolute best guys and gals in the military, it's a constant, non-stop environment of challenging yourself, pushing yourself, stretching your limits, and just getting better and better and better so that, I mean, you can literally do it when you're sleeping. Now, your wife might get a kick out of it and have videos, you know, and say, look at this dumbass, you know, but I'm just saying, that's what it is. And you do this for years and you don't stop, even when you come home on rotation. Because, you know, you might take a break for a week or two. You know, that happens sometimes. Um, and once in a while, I think there were times when I didn't actually, um, you know, work so hard. I would go to the range or I would go out my backyard, whatever. Uh, but the, the levels of instruction and training is just, it's all, it's just short of phenomenal. Sometimes it is phenomenal. Again, it depends on the project and the contract you're on and what it was all for and what entity you were, was the end client uh, that was the contract with. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, you, you hang it up after X number of years. You come home to wherever your home is uh, on this planet, and now you're going to do the same thing in your home country. Eh, no, <laughs> it's not the same. Now. It might get there because we're seeing stuff unfold to the point where, yeah, it might just. But for the most part, it's not. Okay, it is a different thing. Um, but that's not to say that it can't and won't change here soon. Who knows? I don't know. But I'm just saying, folks, in private security, all you Paul Blarts out there that, that think you're this, that, one thing, another because you took this condensed course or this extended class or whatever because you worked for this company or that client or you know and you got these awards and every you know it's like yeah okay whatever now there are some outstanding stellar men and women out there who don't have all this that one thing another who have for whatever reason been able to take it to the next level and then the next level beyond that and are still running hot okay okay you don't have to be a jason Bourne or johnny ramble to do this stuff 
But you got to have the mindset and you got to want to do it. You got to have the desire to do it and to do it consistently, constantly, and never stop, never cease. Okay. I'm just saying, those are the things that set us apart from the rest of the people in security. Okay. And I think some of you will probably know what I'm saying. When you, when you come across law enforcement, when you're working, they sense this stuff and everything's happy and smooth and you know the client senses it and again knock on wood i have never had to pull out a firearm or any other weapon um here in the united states again it's not that there haven't been times i thought i was going to have to and i was prepared but never had to okay so whatever it is i'm just saying all you people out there that i've heard these oh man i wish this would happen i wish i could do this or i'd love to do that it's like yeah okay uh wrong business and so then you ask the question well okay if you're that good how can you know how do you know i mean how do you know if you have learned what these guys and gals have shown you how do you know if you've actually learned it and how can you replicate it or duplicate how can you show me demonstrably short of having a firefight engagement that this stuff clicked with you and you've learned it and you can teach it to others. Well, you teach it to others. Okay. Now, I've tried here doing that here in the States. It usually doesn't go so well. I, I, you know, I don't know what people are anticipating or what they're expecting. But it's like, look, um, you know, I never said I was going to run you through this whiz-bang course. It was going to last a week or two um, and charge you ten dollars or $20,000 for this. Okay, you said you would like to learn this and you would like and said, let's go do it. Almost invariably, they don't want to actually learn. They don't actually want to go through the motions and what it takes to get really good at the basics and the fundamentals and work their way up to all that Johnny Cool stuff. They want the Johnny Cool stuff right now. Well, there's plenty of guys out there that, that offer that stuff, okay? And <clears throat> so you can find it. There's no shortage of those kinds of classes out there. I don't do those. Never have. Maybe I should, but I don't, okay? But I'm just saying that for all the guys and gals out there in security, just your security. So relax. Take a deep breath, okay? I'm not measuring you. I'm not judging you. So don't do the same with me, you know? And why is it? I swear to God, every person I know who has a PI's license, well, not every, but a lot of them who have a private investigator's license think they are shit hot and can do everything under the sun, anything anybody asks them to do. I mean, they're executive protection specialists, they're bodyguards, they're escorters, they're this, they're that. They're and it's like, dude, I know you. You don't have... That background, you don't have that level of instruction and training. What are you doing? But they think they're shit hot. Okay, whatever. In the private security industry, I mean, there are plenty, perhaps more than plenty, jobs that just require a warm body. They just need a presence. Okay, and that's fine. Okay, but there are jobs and projects beyond that that require much more than that. And there's plenty of them that should have. A lot more than that. And I'm saying, for example, there's plenty of them, whether it's DOE or FEMA or anybody else, been on those projects, and you can see the looks in their eyes, 
and you can hear the, the breath of, of relief and fresh air when they see people like us on the ground there because they are just surrounded by Paul Blarts. And so perhaps more of these, and I'm seeing more of them come into play, where more and more projects and contracts are going that way. I won't go into detail, but there was a, because I, I, I'm not trying to cause problems with, with this guy that I know. We don't stay in touch much anymore. We kind of had a falling out. But there was a project that I went and did a site visit for. It was a three-day thing. It was for a regional contract uh, here on this coast. And uh, it, was a, it was a fairly decent-sized project. Long story short, and I don't want to give things away because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I had this thing nailed. For whatever reason, the contracting authority for that project liked me to no end and wanted the company that I was representing to have that contract made it absolutely clear that if we continue doing everything that they've seen me demonstrate for the past three days, this is ours, okay? I passed it on, was told, well, they can't tell you this and they can't tell Hey, dude, I'm telling you, okay, this is what they're telling me. They like us. They like me. They want us to have this. This is all you got to do. They're telling you that this is what you got to do to get the golden key and get the contract. Anyway, didn't happen. Um, you know, and that's, it's not the first time I've seen that happen. Um, but what I'm saying is that when you're a demonstrable professional, Okay, at whatever level. Okay, and that doesn't mean you have to be a Green Beret. Doesn't mean you got to be a Marine Recon. Doesn't mean you got to be a Navy SEAL or an Air Force Para or a Coast Guard, whatever. Okay, I'm just saying that when you're a professional and you've got that demeanor that, you, that was created and honed over years of instruction and training and experience, it shows. Okay. You're just being yourself, but it shows, okay? So that's what I mean by when I talk about security professionals, and there's police out there in various levels of law enforcement that have the same thing. We've met them. I've met them. You've met them, okay? That's what I'm talking about when I talk about professionals. I'm not talking about the person that says, you got to look the part if you want to be the part, okay? Those guys and gals are everywhere. And you see them almost everywhere when you drive around or go shopping or whatever, okay? And let them have their moments of glory inside their own mind, okay? Whatever. I don't care because I'm prepared and I'm ready. Whatever. And I mean to the point that if I approach a place that I intended to shop or do business in or with, and for any reason whatsoever... Um, I'm held up and told I can't bring this or that in with me. I don't go in. Okay. In part because I don't want to, I don't trust and don't want to trust my safety and security, especially if I've got my wife or family or friends with me in the hands of somebody else that almost assuredly does not have the experience, the instruction, and the training and the wherewithal to take care of a situation should it happen. Just because you have a badge, just because you have a uniform, just because you were sworn in or took the oath doesn't mean you can do what needs to be done. Okay, Some of us, maybe a lot of us, have seen it a lot of times. Epic fails. It, it's everywhere, man. Okay, So 
With that said, not everyone is cut out to go to the next level. So if you're in the security business or private investigations, whatever you do out there, okay, if you enjoy what you're doing and you're making decent money, okay, you can pay the bills. Just be happy where you're at because chances are pretty good. You probably aren't cut out for going to the next step and the next level beyond that and the one beyond that and the one beyond that, okay? But, of course, the only way you're going to know for sure is if you try. Nothing wrong with trying. I'm not saying don't, okay? But, my God, I mean, how do you go from whether you're 18 or 50 years old and you've never been in the military, okay, you've never done anything hardcore, and now you put slip on a uniform and suddenly you're the cat's meow when it comes to security. Give me a break. You know, it, it's no different than some of the women and guys I've met. The women, for example, were, because we know this to be true, uh, sometimes, sometimes more than often, sometimes more often than sometimes, client wants a female for whatever, okay? And we've seen it, okay? She's not cut out for it. She's certainly not the best, and she's not qualified. She shouldn't be doing this or that. But for whatever reason, the client has this precept, and they want a female, and for whatever reason, they've taken a shine to that gown. They want them to be a part of it, okay? And these girls go on thinking that they are all that because it's like, yeah, no, girl. Sorry, sister. Ain't happening. Same thing with the dudes that I've met, for example, just one example, that are medics or paramedics, and they're really good at that, okay? And, and some of them have made killer security guys, okay? And they've wrapped it all together, and they're making a killing out there. But we've met some that, you know what? You ought to stick with paramedic stuff. That's why they ultimately hired you, because you're really good at paramedic, okay? You're not Jason Bourne out there, so just knock it off. Okay, it's not dissimilar to, say, for example, all the emergency, various types of emergency medical stuff that I've learned and had instruction and training on. Okay, so can I do what I need to do to save a life in, in some too many situations, arguably most? Yeah, probably. Does that make me a paramedic? No. I'm not even, arguably, I'm not even an EMT. Okay, so what I'm saying is, be aware and be apprised. Be honest with yourself of who and what you are. If you want to be something different, if you want to be something more than that, then you got to go to the place that entitles you, gives you that, that honorarium once you've earned it. Okay? So, and you may not. Again, as I've said before, not everybody can be the president. Okay? Not everybody can be Johnny Rambo. So, again... So to get back on track, though, the levels of instruction and training that we've received is, is I mean, it, it's pretty amazing, pretty astounding. And I'm sure a lot of people are kind of like, because when we go to the range, they're like, wow, man, that doesn't seem very Johnny cool. It's like, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, relax. We're at a otherwise public range. Even if it's private, uh, most of them are not set up for that kind of stuff. And you know what? Honestly, at this point, I'm that's not what I came here today for. We came here so that however many of us are here, we could shoot and shoot the shit and shoot targets and have fun and, you know, bone up, shake the dust and rust off and have some fun and, and get back into it and just have some fun and share some ideas and share some stuff, share this, share that, okay? Um, if, if what you were thinking, if you wanted more, that's going to take time and a lot of money. So if you're willing to pay for it, 
I'm willing to do it. So some of it, maybe a lot of it, might have to do with, uh, what's that saying? Those that do, those that have, those that know, don't talk about it. Okay. I mean, you know, if it's brought up, it comes up in conversation and you feel comfortable with it. But almost always, those that talk about it haven't. Right? And, you know, so client perceptions and precepts, when it comes to these sorts of things. Um, so transitioning now from instruction and training, client precepts and client perceptions can be a game changer and stuff. So I know I have discovered, as probably some of you have, that when you discover that the client's precepts and perceptions on what security should and shouldn't be or what it is or isn't, you need to come together and have a meeting of the minds and get them to understand, based on your analysis and your assessment, what it should be. And, if, and then you need to come to terms with, if it can't be that way, because for whatever reason, they can't shake their precepts or the perceptions, they can't come up with the budget, whatever the reason is, you might just have to walk away. I know I've had to do that. Um, and, you know, it's just, so whether it's levels of instruction and training or getting real with people, whether it be the client or other people, just be real. That's the key thing. I guess the takeaway I'm trying to say is that just be real, whatever you're doing. You know, I mean, how many stories do we hear uh, to this day? Yeah, man, you know, I'm talking to this dude about doing this contract, this project down in South America for this or out in Africa for that. or this. It's like, all right, calm down there, Johnny Speed. You may be all this and you may be all that, but usually probably you're not. All right. So, you know, it seems that the guys and the gals that are the most real, the most down-to-earth, the most level-headed are the guys and the gals who've been places and done things and seen things. And almost always, all the rest of them haven't. Okay, and we've t and I brought that up before. They haven't been outside their bubble. Their bubble is what they've been shown and taught in an indoctrinated school and what they've been seeing in the movies and YouTube videos and with their friends when they're at parties and they talk about this stuff. Okay, that's their world, that city, that county, that state. Okay, yeah, they may have traveled to another state or two for this job or that job, but that's it. Okay, so... All you Johnny High Speech, just calm down, okay? <laughs> Take it down a notch or two or 10 or 20, all right? Because chances are that that dude or dudette that's standing there or sitting there, eyeing you, saying very little or saying just a little bit, okay, has probably been around the world and seen a few things and done a few things, okay? So just calm down, <laughs> all right, before you make a train wreck out of yourself in front of God and everybody. Okay, so... Back on track. Levels of instruction and training. Man, I mean, some of you have been, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, this, the schools and, and the courses and one thing that we go through with some of these uh, contracts and projects, you know, I mean, they're, they're instructed and trained and taught by absolute, for the most part, top flight professionals out of the military who've done their thing for 10 or 15 or 20 years. Um, so, and, and they spent their entire life being instructed and training and trained. So, and they're sharing that with us. 
And so, yeah, when it comes to levels of instruction and training, I mean, it's just it, it it's just a whole nother level, and, and it's it's been a I mean, what a ride, and, and it was so refreshing to be around those kinds of people that, you know, they're just grounded and, and they have a sense of humor, not all of them, at least they don't always display it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That is the difference, ultimately, and the clients, um, and typically, I mean, you see it in the, in the corporate world as well. Uh, I, I've noticed that as well, but I've seen a lot more of it on the government side. They just... Because a lot of them are former military, former law enforcement. So for the most part, they know when they're working with or talking to a professional. Because we're pretty quiet. I mean, <laughs> you know, there, there's a reason that term quiet professionals is still around. All right, folks, put a wrap on this one for now. So I want to thank you uh, and everyone for taking time out of your day or your evening to listen to me talk again about private security contracting overseas, as well as my experiences as a private security contractor. Uh, thank you to Kava Cohen, Colin Perry, and Andres Rodriguez. Special thank you to my wife, my children, and all the folks, male and female, who have been a part of and still are a part of my life. Remember, everyone, it takes a team. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it. Stay humble, stay safe, and keep others safe by staying frosty. And until next time, keep it real.